0: God bless you. Thank you. you. May be seated this morning. Just Think about, you know, there's 10,000 reasons, but what's one reason, one specific reason why you want to worship the Lord today? Um, what's one reason why you have to worship him from this last week? Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to offer that to him and say, thank you, Lord. I celebrate you. I praise you. Right now, I would invite you to do that. Lord God, sometimes due to the wealth of your goodness towards us, due to the 10,000 reasons, sometimes we fail to specifically thank you for individual reasons. Uh, Lord, we do thank you that we are gathered here today. Uh, we thank you that this week we've had people who've gone through surgeries and they've come out the other side. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your, minist- uh, your ministry towards them and your grace towards them. Uh, Lord, we Pray, and we come to you today, and Lord, there's so many things that are on our hearts and on our minds. Uh, This world is full of trouble. And the news wants to grab our attention with every, every ounce of the trouble that there is in this world, and we can come in overwhelmed by all the trouble. But Lord, we come to you today not so that we can forget that there is trouble, but so that we can have strength in the midst of trouble. So, Lord, might we gain from you that which we need so that as we live in this troublesome world, we can walk as ministers of the gospel, as disciples of Christ. We can walk with love and holiness Mercy and compassion. Uh, Lord, I pray. We come to you today because we want, to, uh, we want to be shaped and formed by you. So that we can live in this troublesome world. As ministers of the gospel, as disciples of Christ. Uh, God, I pray and I ask that you would be with us today, that you would attend to us, that you would meet with us. Uh, I pray that everything that we do would bring you honor and glory. I pray all these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. 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 Uh, this morning, uh, you'll see on the uh, graphic uh, that is mission vision and values. Um, this morning, I wanted to return to our mission vision and values, uh, because I don't know if you'll know this, but in March of 2020, uh, things had to change around here. Uh, March of 2020, for a couple months, we went to um, where uh, all we did was a live stream, and, uh, and all of our programs outside of our worship services uh, shut down and uh, and, and then a couple months later, we were able to ramp back up into, uh, you know, our worship services, and we continued our Wednesday night Bible study uh, via live stream. We've, we've had opportunities where our seniors have come together for a senior gathering, and uh, that seems to be one of those things, uh, frustratingly so, right, Brother Mitch, that, you know, you, you, you get like maybe a month or two under your belt, and you're like, okay, here we go, and then the next month, here comes another COVID surge or, 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 or some uh, other thing that has disrupted it, but we've tried to get some things going back. Uh, we've revamped our our children's church uh, over the last uh, year, and we have some wonderful, wonderful um, volunteers who are serving our children who are helping, uh, you know, disciple them in the way of Jesus. Last year, as we as we set out at the year, we just said, "Hey, hey, we're just going to take some some steps forward." That was our hope. Was hey, w- you know, we we came through what we thought we came through COVID year, and we were going to be able to take some steps forward. And in 2021, uh, we were able to take some steps forward in in certain ways but but also we found ourselves kind of frustratingly so right back into this place to where it's like man you know well, what do we do what can we do uh what programs can we do what activities can we do uh if we have an activity will anybody be there right uh those types of things have have kind of weighed on us and uh and we've been you know just kind of faithfully uh, walking through uh, the twists and turns, and uh, and here's what I wanted to say today is first and foremost, look at where we're at. The Lord has carried us faithfully to this point. Uh, we celebrate our Lord. We celebrate His people. You've been faithful through all the twists and turns, all the peaks and valleys. Um, over these last couple of years, not only have we um, have we just dealt with frustration, we have dealt with real loss. We've had people in our church who we've loved, who we've cared for, who we've walked in life with, who we've you know uh, faithfully sung hymns with, and um, and served alongside, and they are no more. They're not with us. Thankfully. We have this assurance, they are in the presence of our Lord. Uh, but, 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 but to say all we've been through is just some, you know, some, some superficial frustrations is not the case. We've been through the depths of sorrow and despair as well. And so, my brothers and my sisters, what 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 I uh, well, let me just say this. I, I got into 2022, and, you know, I had already kind of, for the first few weeks, I was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Um, the, the the deacons and I, we've been kind of, like, revisiting, like, our, our our mission, vision, and values, and we had been kind of walking through some of that stuff, and just, you know, kind of reminding ourselves, hey, there was a strategic way in which we, we operate as a church, and, um, and, and, and early on, uh, getting into the new year, I was like, we're going to, we're going to Kick off the new year, right? We're going to get out the gate, and we're going to revisit our mission, vision, and values, and we're going to move forward. And it's going to look—you uh, know, twenty twenty two is going to be much different than twenty twenty one. And guess what happened? <laughs> omicron, omicron—you know, this this uh, this transformer of a uh, of a, of a COVID variant, omicron. Um, uh, it it came with a vengeance. It and everybody was affected. Now, now, thankfully, it was not as devastating as previous variants have been. We're thankful for that. But it was uh, anybody who, who's had it won't say it was nothing. And we'll be like, oh, well, you know, I mean, there are those people, and they would have said that whether they were on their deathbed with COVID, because they are, because, you know, the the, the political ideology is too strong for them to say it, it actually affected them. But but I will tell you, anybody who's had it, who could just be honest about it, would say it was a hard sickness. It might not have been as long-lasting as previous COVID variants, uh, in the initial phases of the fever and the hard symptoms, but 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 you know, I, I know dear friends here in our congregation who are like, Man, I'm just still struggling to get my energy back. And this is weeks later. So we get into the new year and pastorally I go, Well <laughs> we can't we can't talk about moving forward. We just have to hit on some like, you know, I just have to be a pastor to our, our family and we have to uh stand right where we are at. But today, what I want us to do, and especially, I mean, after this morning's service, we're going to have a business meeting and look at, you know, our financial reports from uh, last year and uh, vote to approve our budget for this uh, upcoming year. That's kind of practical business. Um, and, and, And I don't ever want it to seem just like practical business because the fact of the matter is, is where do our finances come from? They come from people's act of worship. Right? you You don't just give money, well, I think the church needs this. you give because you're you're giving as unto the Lord, you're giving in faith, and so it's never just practical business in that sense you know um, it's the heart of our it's it's part of our heart, part of our worship, part of our discipline of our faith, and so we want y'all to see how we honor that and um And how the Lord has blessed it and used it. Uh, But because we're going to be doing a business meeting, I thought, you know what? It might be the day. Now, the last Sunday of January might be the day that we can actually kind of go back and we can go, Hey, hey, what are we? What are we as Friendswood Baptist Church set out to do? And what I want us to see is, is what we are intent on doing, we have been doing, even though we had to scale back in certain ways, but what we've been intent on doing, we have been doing these last couple of years, and, and what we are intent on in doing, we will continue to do this next year uh, with, with maybe a few more additions, right, maybe. There's some things that we'll be able to do uh, more freely this next year. Uh, but before I get into all that, let's do this. Let's get into the text. Ephesians chapter number four is a, is a, is a really great text for our church. If, if you read through scripture, you'll read and you'll find um, they never give an outright blueprint or model or design for the church. We pick up on on clues and cues about what they were doing as a church they met they gathered the word church ecclesia the Greek word uh, means a called out assembly uh, of people right so this uh, the, these these people um, you know gathered they assembled themselves together um, and, uh, and and we know some of the practices that they did they would uh, read scripture they might uh, sing uh psalms or songs and uh, uh, then they would always participate in um, the uh, the Eucharist. The Lord's Supper uh, was, would be a pivotal part of their worship service. Um, but you don't have just like, hey, here's how you do church. Point one, point two, we have to kind of piece it together. And, and, and more to that point, you don't look at the New Testament and go, this is how you do church. They didn't give a blueprint or a model. Because, uh, and at the same time, they didn't say, hey, the way that we did church is the way to do church. A lot of times we get uh, confused about that. We read the book of Acts and we go, oh, oh, they had the perfect church. Did they have the perfect church? They had problems just like you and me. I don't know if y'all remember this, but there were people complaining that they weren't getting served like the other people. And if you can understand the text a little bit more fully. They didn't just think, hey, we're getting left out. They thought we're getting left out because of a you know, a, a racial disparity issue or a, a ideological discrepancy issue. It, you have the Jews and then you have Hellenized Jews. And the Hellenized Jews are saying, hey, we're... We're not getting looked at over here. We're not getting taken care of. We're not getting fed. They had to take care of those problems. They had this problem of pride and greed. And this man, they said that everybody kind of practiced this thing of if they had extra, extra uh, assets, they were liquidating them and bringing the, the profits from that to the church so that the church could share in common. Now, part of this was because they believed, like, hey, not, not in 2,000 years, but any moment now, Jesus is coming back. And, 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 and so they would liquidate their assets, and then they would bring the prophets, and they would give to the church so that everybody could be provided for, so that nobody went hungry. Um, and in this practice, beautiful practice, uh, they highlight this one man, Barnabas, and, and they tell his story. And then they tell the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias and Sapphira had this pride issue going on. They wanted, to, they wanted to get the praise like Barnabas got. But then they also had this greed issue because although they wanted the praise, they don't want to give up all their money. Instead of just being honest and saying, hey, we didn't bring all of our profits, all the proceeds from our sale and give this, you know, we brought this portion. We, we believe that this was a good portion. They said, nope, that's all of it. That's all of it. So you find that there's no, there's never, it's a, it's a, it's a foolish thought. It's a romanticized idea to say that there was ever this golden age of the church. And not only do we do that with Acts chapter number like two through five, we'll do that with the 1950s ch- church, right? You'll do that with the church of your childhood, of your youth, or like there was some time that this is when the church really got it right. Scripture doesn't give us a blueprint or a model. It doesn't kid us and say, hey, there was this time whenever they got it right. Scripture just tells us the history of the church. And it tells us how people took the teachings of Jesus. How they took the character and the life of Jesus. And how they began to apply that in the specific context in which they found themselves. You know, Paul, sometimes he would go to a city and he would start in a synagogue. And he would go to the synagogue and he would begin to preach that Jesus is the Messiah there. But then there were cities where they didn't have a synagogue. And so Paul didn't go, well, I don't know. What to do. Paul took and he, he, he let me apply this in a different context. He was like, oh, wh- where are the Jews meeting at? They don't have an official meeting place. But I know, I know my fellow countrymen, they're going to be gathered somewhere. And he went and he found a group of women largely by this river And they would meet there to pray. And there's where Paul began to preach the gospel to them. So all this to say, when we look at scripture, we don't have a blueprint. We don't have a model. We don't have the ideal church. But we get from it the history of the church. And then we get principles. And we get guidelines. We get cues. This is... These are the types of things that the church was doing, that the church was intent on. We get Paul, an apostle, who, who went and he made disciples and he established churches. And in Ephesians, he is talking to the church. And, I, I, and a large part of what Ephesians is about, it's about trying to get two groups of people who've been diametrically opposed for a long time together. You have old stock Orthodox Jews, if you will. These are people who followed the Torah. They've uh, trusted in in, in, in the law and the prophets. They've come to believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything. And then you have uh, former pagan Gentiles, non-Jews. Who have feared Yahweh. And they've known about him a little bit. And they trusted in the gospel. And they're trying to come. He's trying to bring these two groups of people together. And there's a lot of teaching about this throughout the text. From chapter number four, Paul says, listen, I, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, he was in he was imprisoned at this time whenever he's writing his letters. And though it was hard for Paul to be imprisoned at times, we should thank the Lord for it because God took what man meant for evil and worked it for good. And every time Paul went to prison, he was able to pen a letter to his churches. And we have them today. He says, I, I, I beseech you, I beg you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called with all lowliness, meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in and love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace let's just pause right there paul is not talking to an individual he's not saying hey individual let me tell you you walk worthy he is talking to a group this you is collective i'm begging you as a church body as a church family that y'all strive together that that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called that you do this with humility That you do this with uh, long-suffering forbearance. That you put up with one another. Sometimes we have to put up with one another. That you endeavor, always endeavor, to keep unity. This is two groups of people who have been diametrically opposed that are coming together under common faith that Jesus is Lord. And they're trying to work it all out. And he says, be humble with one another. Be patient with one another. You know you put up with with some of the, the the rubs. Everything you do, try to be unified as a body. Try to be unified as a body. He says, here's why there's only one body, there's one spirit. As you are called in one hope of your calling, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father, and all. There's not Jew, uh, Jew faith and then non-Jew faith. There is, if you trust in Jesus, there is one faith. Because you're trusting in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You are trusting that there is only oh, one way by which we are rescued, ransomed, and redeemed, and that is through God's grace, which, uh, which is applied when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And faith not meaning just like uh, believing a gr- uh, list of suppositions, but faith meaning this, 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 this active, engaged following of Jesus. Submitting to Him as Lord Striving that my life looks like him. He says, so I want you all as a group to strive for these things. But I also want you to understand this. Although I'm calling you to unity, each of us has different gifts. But to each of us, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. He says, uh, and he quotes some scripture and, uh, and, and, and uh, saying that he, he ascended upon high, he led captive, captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Verse number 11 says, here's some of the gifts that he gave. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? So that they could stand up there and they can get lauded for all the ways that they are so perfect, true, and right. Come on, guys, give it to me. So they can walk around and they can go, I'm the pastor here. So they can say, here, kiss my gold ring. So they could... Verse 12 says, perfect the saints. Perfect or the perfecting of the saints. This is for a more completing work to bring to completion. That might get, might get filled out a little bit more. For the work of the ministry. They've been given so that they can help build up the saints to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. As we see this as a church, the church has been given as this as this entity as this I mean I don't even know how you describe it it's all these things in one right it's not just an institution it's you know not just an organization but the church is this body wherein we are called to be disciples who make disciples each one of us According to the gifts that are given unto us, we are called to help build one another up. So that we each can do ministry. And we understand that everybody's ministry is a little bit different. Ministry doesn't just look like Toby slapping the bass. You know, like that's not the only thing that ministry is. But that is ministry. Because whenever you get here on Sunday morning, if we didn't have Toby and these other musicians amplifying the music, the the spirit wouldn't be absent by no means would the spirit be absent because the spirit goes, well, I'm sorry. I need cymbals. Give me cymbals. I need more cowbell. (laughs) Like the spirit comes in. It's like, I got a hanker and I will only move. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, no, the Spirit's not going to be absent, but I promise you, it amplifies our worship experience whenever you get some of that, like, just that, in that middle of the, uh, bless the Lord oh my soul, that, and I didn't even do it right, but, but right before you go, 10,000 reasons, you need that, that pause, and then just that, boom, boom. 10,000, that makes, that makes that song. That makes that moment right there. JT, you make that moment, man. But ministry is not just those things that you see. Ministry is those things that nobody sees. Or maybe a few people see. Ministry is that thing of, um, you know, it can be this, Woman or in this family who provide a meal and then bring it over to somebody's house whenever they are struggling through whatever season, and they might just drop it off on their doorpost, or they might open up the door, they might even be invited in for a few minutes, and they might say, "Hey, we love you." Uh, ministry. What's what's happens on uh, you know uh, Friday afternoons whenever nobody's in this building and there's some ladies running some vacuums. Because I promise you, if you came in here on Sunday morning and you saw a bunch of filth all over these burgundy, what what do we call these burgundy? What's the official name, Miss Faith? You you know? Eggplant. 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 Yeah, yeah, she got it. Guess what? Stuff shows up on eggplant. Colored carpets. But you you saw it might not ruin your whole day. But you would think something of it, wouldn't you? And if you want it, I know Brother Mitch would, because Brother Mitch, <laughs> I have heard of it here sometimes. Whenever uh, you know the ladies have come through, and then we had another group come through after them, and uh, it's early Sunday morning, and he's—I hear the vacuum going. He's like, "I just wanted to touch up a few spots over here." Uh, so we are here. I'm here. You are here, we are here to be disciples of Jesus, to follow Jesus. And that, that's where we can say, how, how do we follow Jesus? Well, let's just say what he says there, that we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we were called. Did Jesus walk worthy of the voc- vocation wherewith he was called? Did Jesus do so with, with I'm Jesus Christ, everybody come around? And, or did Jesus walk in lowliness and meekness? Did Jesus hastily go, "Ah, I'm sick of all these people who are coming at me, challenging me. Do do they know who I am? Or was he patient? Was he forbearing? Jesus, and and this is important. Jesus knew that his ministry would cause division. He said that. He told us. He's like, listen, what I'm doing will cause division. It will cause division in, in homes. But that's not why Jesus did it. Jesus didn't come do it like, I'm going to divide and conquer. That's the enemy's work. Jesus came with this heart. I want to bring you together. I want to bring you to God and I want to bring you together in God. So, he gave us this that's our discipleship we look like Jesus we walk like Jesus we talk like Jesus we act like Jesus and we make disciples we take whatever gifts we have and we and we, and we put them into this body and we know that we are a collective as a collective group some of you are good teachers you're solid Bible teachers some of you are able to explicate well, hey, and help people understand like hey take this take this this ancient excuse me this ancient text into modern vernacular and even illustrate it very well so people go oh yeah that's what that means and some of you you look at the text and it is overwhelming to you but guess what he didn't say hey teachers are better than the people who have to be taught and guess what those people who are teaching today they were taught That, that's, that's so critical. They didn't just wake up one day and go, I know it all. You know, the Apostle Paul, well before he ever ran into Jesus, he was well equated with the Hebrew Scriptures. He, as a, as a Pharisee, he was an expert in the text. And he not only knew his reading of it, He knew how others read it in opposition to him. He knew why they had differing interpretations to it. He could could defend the text. That took years of Paul's life that we never even know about. And it prepared him for what we do know. So, this, this, it's kind of the nuts and bolts of why we are here. We are here to be disciples, and we are here to make disciples. And This is not a, a, a top-down thing. It's a mutual agreement that we're all in. We are, we are active, actively engaged in discipleship, following Jesus together, and we're actively engaged in helping each other grow, shaping and forming one another. And beyond that, we are actively engaged in bringing other people who are not yet disciples of Jesus into into, uh, discipleship, which comes through them trusting and following Jesus. You know, people go, well, well, we want to get them saved, and then we want to get them disciples." No, we want to bring them into discipleship, and part of bringing them into discipleship is they understand I need to be saved. I need to be rescued. So with that, there's four primary ways that we as a church uh, intend to do this. This is our intention. Um, You can bring up the bubbles. There's the bubbles. I don't know if y'all can. Oh, that's really small. Well, that's what happens whenever you make it at 930 in the morning. All right, I didn't have a graphic for this, and I was like, I need to make a graphic for this. Y'all are like, thanks, Macaulay. <laughs> you went way out of your way, Macaulay. So, in the middle, the big bubble there is be disciples, make disciples. And then the top bubble is through discipleship, uh, worship, fellowship, and service. These are the things that we are intent on doing. We are intent on uh, discipleship. What is discipleship? In a word, discipleship is the active and engaged process of following Jesus. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So discipleship is this active and engaged following of Jesus. Well, how do we follow Jesus? Well, first of all, you know, We go to the text, the scripture that has been inspired and it's been preserved and we believe it's authoritative and trustworthy and we go and we say it tells us the story of Jesus. And we look at Jesus's life and we we begin to see how he interacted with people, how he responded to people, how he carried himself. Really, if you think about it, because we are here to be disciples who make disciples, everything we do, discipleship's at the heart of everything we do. Everything we do flows from and into discipleship. On Sunday mornings, whenever we gather here as a church, we don't go, we check off the box of church. What we believe is, is coming to church is this, is this time where we come together and we worship and we, and we experience Christ's presence with us and the Spirit's moving with us and the fellowship of the believers. But, but we also understand it to be a discipline. Like, look, when we come together, when we, when we, when we get out of our, our, our own comfort place and we go to a place where we're going to be with a, a, a broad spectrum of people and, and, and we come in and we're, we, we're not doing this for ourselves. We're doing it to be part of the group. And we come in and we go, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask somebody, how are they doing today? And I'm going to listen to them. That's the other hard part, right? You can ask the question, but when we listen to them, when we do these kind of things, it, 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 it's not just us practicing it, it's shaping us informing us. Hey, you know, whenever on Sunday mornings, whenever I see a brother or sister who I love and I care for, and I go, how are you doing? I really want to know. And that shapes us and forms us so that, like whenever we're in the grocery store, and we run into somebody, and we're waiting in line, and we're, instead of just going, uh, can you believe it? We might look at them and go, man, how's your day going today? And when they go, oh, you know, it's fine. No, 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 we have have time. (laughs) Obviously, they can't get their act together, right? We've got time. How are you doing? See, our fellowship together is to shape us and form us to be people who can engage other people in fellowship. But here's the deal, and and this is huge, and everything that we do, what we want to say is whatever we do as a church body is the practice of these things, but it is also to cultivate and shape us to be the people who are able to do these things, right? So, So we don't just practice discipleship. We want all of us to be equipped in whatever way we are gifted to do so to be actively engaged in the process of being disciples who make disciples. For some people, that is, they are, they are good with actually expounding uh, and contextualizing the gospel to somebody's life and needs. To some other people, that might mean, hey, I invited somebody to church. And we celebrate both of those things. Um, Now, we haven't done it in a couple years because COVID blew up everything. But we are, when we think about discipleship, like our children's church, that's discipleship for our children. We're teaching them. Wednesday night Bible study, that's intent to be discipleship. Right? Uh, We try to facilitate times for discipleship. Um, Dr. Boone's um, uh, Out of Egypt series, you know, this addiction recovery, that's discipleship. That's teaching, and, 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 and that, that, that's part of discipleship. So anytime we teach, we preach, that's part of it. But we also want to model it, right? Disci- Jesus didn't just come and say, gather around, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to tell you a bunch of things, and y'all try to get it. Jesus was like, hey, come on, let's go. And like he was doing stuff, and his disciples were watching him. And so discipleship is, is not just this teaching and preaching and head knowledge kind of stuff, but it's, it's, it's getting out. Being active, engaged, and involved. So, like when we provide opportunities for service, it's not for us to check off the list. I, I, I did a good thing. I served. I volunteered that we can humbly brag about. But it is to shape us and form us to be people who serve, who see our neighbor struggling across the street and go, don't go, poor old fool. Whew. I would have done it totally different. Have a good night. You know? <laughs> no, like, I'm going to go help. And some of y'all go, somebody needs to be told how to do that. Some of you need to be told how to do that. And those of you who don't need to be told how to do that, you're the type of person to show somebody else how to do it. Because the things that click in your brain don't always click in everybody else's brain. Worship. Worship is the coming before the Lord in submission to him and exaltation of him. We submit to him. We exalt him. But we also know that the Apostle Paul instructs that we worship the Lord through genuine, humble, and partial love towards others. Romans chapter number 12. I beseech you, therefore, my brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing unto the Lord. This is, as Paul says, this just makes sense. It's reasonable worship. So worship is what we do when we gather here, but it's also like not just our singing our songs, but it is that time of fellowship where we are caring for one another. We're hugging one another. We're saying, I love you. I missed you. How was your week? And again, we don't just gather to worship. We want, we want to cultivate and we facilitate what we want to, to cultivate in your lives. We want you to be able to wake up on Tuesday morning and, 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 and turn on some music and, and praise our Lord. We want you to be able to not just say, hey, like, oh, man, we need the church to pray for this, but you to bow down and you to pray. And you go, God, this, this is a need that somebody has. And I'm going to fight for them in this. And you know, some people worship really well. With, like they like scripture and they like studying the text and that gets their juices flowing. Some people, it is songs that get their juices flowing. That's how they worship. the Lord. Some people, it is prayer. Right, like they pray, and whenever they enter into prayer, it's like, "Whoa, heaven came down in glory." <laughs> like you just know. And so, here's what I want to say: like, although we are trying to cultivate this, we also want you to be able to identify. Hey, I connect more with worshiping and exalting my Lord and seeking Him through song. I do it through study. I do it through prayer, or some other disciplines. Fellowship. Fellowship is the coming together in in love, faith, and encouragement. It is the coming together in love, faith, and encouragement of Jesus' disciples. We strive to do this at all times. Uh, This year, uh, the last couple years, we've not had many opportunities for for us to facilitate fellowship. For us to say, hey, as a church, we're going to do this. Um, uh, But guess what? This year, we are going to say, and you know, 2020, it was, we shouldn't do it. We're not safe. 2021, it was kind of like, well, we could do it, but who would show up? 2022, we're going, hey, listen, we're going to take our precautions whenever it's necessary to take precautions. We're going to open it up, and whoever comes, comes. And those who don't feel comfortable and safe in all those things, no harm, no fail. There's not judgment, there's not obligation, there's not criticism if you can't come. But those who want to participate, you're welcome. We celebrate that too. Uh, I'll I'll just give you one date: March 5th, pull out your calendars, pull out your smartphone devices. No, don't do that, because then you'll go like, well, let me check Facebook while I'm at it, and it'll just be a problem. But no, uh, March 5th, write it down, mark it down. We're gonna do this thing where we, as a church family, we just say, hey, we're gonna go to this restaurant. Uh, we've told them we're going to b- bombard them. Um, and, uh, and, and so it will just, just be a fellowship night out for a dinner. And on this fellowship night out for a dinner, we'll go. Uh, we'll have uh, child care provided here at the church um, and food provided for the children at the church. And, uh, you know, it would be like a six to nine type, type deal, right? You can drop your children off at six. You better pick them up by nine. We will call CPS on you, I promise you. We are not, we are not above, no, I'm just joking. Uh, we'll be like, hey, that, neglecting their child. They just left them. It's like five, right? You know, like, we need them out. Um, we know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, and, and before that, even like uh, at the end of February, uh, February 27th, we haven't had a church-wide fellowship dinner meal in a couple years, but um, next week, we'll begin our Mission Emphasis Month, and we'll conclude that on February 27th, Sean Sullivan, uh, Mission 823, uh, who's in Ukraine right now, uh, he will be with us, and we will uh, conclude our Mission Emphasis Month, and we will celebrate with a meal, and that will be fun to do again, don't cough on the food, just don't, you know, service service is the giving of time energy skills and resources to provide for others some ways that we participate in service already family promise that's one thing that we couldn't shut down during covid Now, we might not have been able to do everything that we wanted to do, like have the families here and host them and be able to get to know them and know their stories and let them see our faces. But we were able to help provide for them to stay in hotels and provide meals for them. And there were a few times that we did open up our church building and were able to welcome them back in. Uh, Faith Promise Missions, we'll talk about this more beginning next week for those of you who don't know. But for those of you who do know, I mean, if you think about this, this is serving. You're serving our missionaries whenever you take of your resources, your precious resources, and you say, I'm going to give this to the work. This is not, it, it, this is an active service. Uh, and we'll talk about this more as well, but like uh, opportunities to volunteer at uh 4BDRN, we're going to have some of those opened up more this year. Uh, We want to do at least, we we really want to do kind of like as a church, we want to be able to do two things. Um, uh, Two things at 4BDRN, two volunteer opportunities, unless there's a natural disaster and then it's all hands on deck, right? But we want to be able to volunteer specifically a couple times this year uh, to help with 4BDRN and we want to be able to do that with the Galveston County Food Bank as well. And again, everything that we do to facilitate serving opportunities is to cultivate people who are servants of Jesus. This is, this, is kind of, this is the flow of our church. Everything we do is to be disciples, make disciples. So when we're worshiping, when we are doing active discipleship things like certain classes or we are saying, hey, come on, let's go serve these people, that modeling service, right? All these types of things that we do, discipleship, worship, fellowship, and service are all part of us trying to do what Paul told the church to do in Ephesians chapter number four, is us living like Christ. And it is us taking our gifts and building up the body so that we can do ministry. And what we want to do this for is for our good. It's good whenever you are loved and you are cared for and you are nurtured and you are edified in your faith. But we also do this as a testimony. And and listen, I can tell you this. uh, People, this whole, we have a model in our mind that, man, if people come into our church on Sunday, they better see this. That's part of the model, but we, we should more have this in our heart and mind. I better whenever I go out of this place, be being a disciple. Wherever, ever, ever, and it's like a lightning bolt right now, we're getting to this place to where like, you know, seekers aren't just going to be going, like, oh, let me go find the church and see what's going on over there. People are so distrusting of the church today. And they have good reason to do so. Think about what the Catholic Church did. Think about what uh, independent fundamental Baptist churches have done in covering up sexual immorality. Uh, Southern Baptist Church, largest denomination, covering up sexual immorality and issues of that sort. You know, and this is just a rant right here, but it is a good one. A lady commented on something that my wife said the other day, and she said, one of the reasons why I am over the church right now is because she was sexually assaulted when she was a teen. She told the church about it. They did nothing about it, for one. And for two, she couldn't even participate in true love weights because somebody had sexually assaulted her. For shame. So this world doesn't trust us organized, ritualized worship. And we have to do the work to rebuild that. We can't just. We have to be the ones who go out and live like Christ. And so my brothers and my sisters. This is what we're striving to do. The last thing that I'll throw in there is our values. These are things that we value. How are we going to, uh, you know, what, what shapes us, what forms us deeply? Well, people, we value people. If we don't, we're not looking like Jesus. We value scripture, right? We value some character traits like Gratitude. Community, generosity, and just overall godly character as revealed in Christ. COVID did not stop us doing these things. We have continued. We have persisted. We had to change gears on some things. We had to pivot on some things. But if you look back over the last couple of years, we've been intent on doing these things. And as we move forward, we are going to be continuing to do these things. Sometimes it might be through a program. We might say, hey, we're going to start some small group Bible studies for the next six weeks. And we want people to get involved in these. That's part of our discipleship fellowship. So, you know, all these things are coming together. It's what we. This is what we should be as a collective body, unified on. My hope and my prayer is this, is as we move into this next year, not only will we do these things, but you will be able to find and feel the ways in which God has gifted you so that you can participate evermore. And if you're already doing that, aces. Don't let the enemy say you're not doing enough. But if you're like, man, I just came into this body and I want to I, I see where I, where I participate. We're, we're with you. We're praying with you on that. My brothers, my sisters, are we in agreement of these things? Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's commit ourselves to the Lord then, freshly this year. All right? Bow with me. Lord, we freshly commit to be disciples, who make disciples. That that is our mission at Friendswood Baptist Church. Uh, Lord, we pray and we ask that you would be with us as we strive to do this. Through discipleship, through worship, through fellowship and service. Lord. Lord, might we, whenever we come together, when we have it facilitated for us to have opportunities to grow, to learn, to serve together. To hang out together. That those moments, those times when we gather will be pleasing unto you. And then, Lord, I pray this. I pray that not only will those times be the times that we practice it, but they will shape us into the people who go out into this community and to the surrounding communities and live lives that look like Jesus, look like that... His character. Live lives that testify that He is Lord and that we trust Him. We trust Him to shape us. Live lives that testify that we believe that there is no name given through which salvation can come, but through the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray and I ask that You would be with us in all of our endeavors. May everything that we do bring you honor and glory. May everything we do uh, continue to build the body. May everything we do testify of your goodness. May everything we do bring people to Jesus. I pray these things in the mighty resurrected name of Jesus. And everybody said with me, (laughs) amen. Thank you, my brothers and my sisters.